Jesus hand nice he comes. Amen. Go Denver. Go Denver. <laughs> oh Lord help us, Jesus. It's idolatry, isn't it? Hallelujah. It's good to be with you this evening. I do appreciate the opportunity that Pastor has given to come and preach here again in Newport News to be a part of what God is doing in the area. At a tremendous men's discipleship today, Pastor Olson preached wonderfully, experienced God's power and presence. It's always good to be a part of the altar call. And that is one of the most wonderful parts of a service is that we can come to an altar and experience God's presence personally, yes, corporately, but there's something about God meeting with the individual at the altar. I'm so grateful that we have a pastor, Pastor Mitchell, who has throughout the years continued to contend for this very important part of the service, and that is the altar call. God is faithful. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm sure glad you came to church tonight. Say, the Lord loves you, and I'm trying to. Praise hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Jesus is alive. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. In Wollongong, Australia, a young girl by the name of Marie McCready lost her voice at the age of 12. Her doctors said it was a severe case of bronchitis or laryngitis. Her pastor said it was the work of the devil. There is an application this evening in relation to the believer. And that is that God has given us the ability to pray, the effectual Fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman of God avails much. But there's something that compels prayer, and that is expectancy, anticipation. And this, in fact, is what the devil wants to steal. That expectancy, that anticipation. The voice that summons and seeks the help of God. And here in this portion of Scripture, we find a man by the name of Zacharias. This man lost his voice. He lost his voice. The Bible tells us that he was a man of faith and power. But there's a reason this evening that we can lose our voice with God. Looking at this text this evening out of Luke chapter 1, reading verse number 5. 
There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. The word advanced means stricken. So it was that while he was serving, serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well stricken, advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you to bring you these glad, glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the day of his service was completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me. In the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Verse 57, now Elizabeth was full time. Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father. What would he have him called? And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them, and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. God, we thank you for the word of God. 
the captivating power of your word. We're grateful for your mercy, your grace. We're believing for the signs and wonders that you have promised all God's people said. I want to look, first of all, at an accurate view. Now, here in the scripture, we see that Zacharias and Elizabeth walked in the commandments and the ordinance of God blameless, a testimony. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and all righteousness. So we see inspiration. The inspiration comes upon Luke. Luke writes, and as he writes, he pins a testimony. A testimony inspired by God. Zacharias, Elizabeth, they walked in all the commandments of God. An established testimony there before the people, those without, that were not in the church, but also those who were within. A testimony, a testimony of righteousness, the ordinances of God, a passion to live for God. There is again something that applies to you and I. And that is that there is here in this building people who have chosen to live according to the commandments, the ordinances of God, who have said, I am going to live my life for Jesus Christ. They have established a testimony, a testimony in the church, a reference point, a godly Family, a family who has chosen to be an instrument, a reference point, a godly people who also within the community, they have kept a testimony, you're living for God. There are people that you know who speak about your testimony, your righteousness, a testimony, live for God inspiring others, especially here in the scripture, it inspires God. But notice in the record, the next verse, it says that Zacharias and Elizabeth were barren, well stricken or advanced in years. So here is the living for God, doing their very best, recognized, inspiring. There is this difficulty, this pain. For years they have been barren. This would have brought upon them a reproach, a question. Not only a personal question, God What's wrong with us? What are we doing wrong? Why is this happening to me? But also those who would have expected 
this couple who was living for God to reproduce the blessing of God upon their lives, there would have been those that had unfortunately misinterpreted this. But still there is this question, this concern. And it's as we look at them, we recognize ourselves. Or as I mentioned previously, a testimony within the church, without in the community. But there are those struggles in your life. It may be that you're barren. Or there may be relational issues, a struggle spiritually, a long-term financial crisis. Something's going on. And it's caused you to be stricken. Some things happened. And you have struggled in your faith with this. I want to look secondly at losing our voice. Now notice that Zacharias is chosen by Lot. He is to burn incense in the temple. As he burns incense at this altar, those, the corporate body are without, they're outside the temple. They're praying, I was just in Israel at the Wailing Wall. Hundreds of people are there. Petitions declared. Petitions written and placed in the stones of the wailing wall. People are crying out. And again, there's something that applies to you and I. Because prayers, they begin within. They do involve your relationships. Spiritual lives. They do involve financial issues. There's vast reasons for us to pray. To pray without ceasing. And it's here within us. The origin. The need. Your need makes you a candidate for a miracle. We are challenged to believe this over and over again. Pray. Pray. And as they're praying, we find Zacharias... Offering up the incense. And we see here a picture of prayer that originates in the natural. Then it turns into a supernatural petition that literally comes up in the presence of God. We find it in Revelations chapter 8. It's called transcendence. In Revelations chapter 8, we find an angel, a messenger, there at the golden altar, offering up incense. As he does also, there the prayers of the saints. Your prayers. My prayers. They're coming up continually. 
And as this incense is mingled with these prayers, this incense is a representation of the most ultimate sacrifice of all, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as this incense comes up, it is a representation of righteousness. It is a representation of holiness. It's a representation of purity. That's with, that which Christ provides because of who He is. Mingled with our prayers. And as these prayers come up, the Bible says literally into the face of the creator of the ear, the five senses, the nose, they come up and he hears and he smells the sacrifice. That's when he says, shh, and he silences heaven for half an hour. Heaven, this place of worship, when one person gives their life to Jesus, heaven erupts into praise. Heaven. This place where the seraphim in Isaiah chapter 6 say, Holy, holy, holy there in the presence of God. Heaven where the 24 elders worship Him. They cast their crowns at his feet. They are worshiping him for their achievements. Worship day and night. Day and night. And it's at this moment that God says, be still. Shh. Why? They're praying. My church is praying. They've come together anticipating revival. A mother cries out in her prayer closet. She's crying out for the conversion of her child. They cry out the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman of God avails much silence. I'm listening. Zacharias' prayer. He's prayed and he's asking for a son. Elizabeth prayed and they're asking for a son. And at that moment, the Bible says there's a response. Scripture says supernatural. From the very throne of God. The Bible says those prayers mixed with the incense are cast down to the earth. There's thundering, lightning, and earthquakes. In our scripture, it's Gabriel. And he stands by the right hand of the altar of incense. And what he declares, he says there to Zacharias, Fear not! Fear not, for your prayer has been heard. And you, your wife, you're going to have a son. He begins to 
Tell him about the attributes of his son, that he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even in his mother's womb. The attributes of this child. He will come in the spirit of Elijah and Elijah. The attributes of this child. He will be the forerunner to the Messiah. Message straight from the throne of God. And he says, How will I know this? And it's apparent here in his response that the enemy has targeted his faith. We see an example of this in Daniel chapter 10. In Daniel chapter 10 we find Daniel praying by the Tigris River. He prays effectually, fervently, the scripture says the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, Daniel, greatly beloved one, from the moment, the very moment that you prayed, your prayer was heard, a response was sent, and as I was coming, a battle, a battle for the delivery of your prayer, a battle, the princes of Persia, Supernatural entities, principalities, and powers opposing the response. We find in the message this fact that the enemy targets our prayers in the delay. And he strategically moves, for you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. And their aim is to steal your faith. Especially at the time when you need to expect the most. Zacharias! Zacharias! How will I know? Because of this, what happens is Zacharias loses his voice. You will be mute until the day that this comes to pass. I want to conclude by preaching to you for a moment about getting your voice back. Notice what happens. Immediately, the Bible says that Zacharias and Elizabeth, they return home. What happens is she conceives. If you're going to get your faith back, you're going to have to be intimate with God. James says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your heart, you double-minded. And the aim is triggering a new passion, a new determination, a new relationship where now you receive in your spiritual womb 
supernatural favor. Supernatural breakthrough. Supernatural expectation. Some of us need a miracle. Amen. Some of us say, you know what, I've been expecting so long, I got spiritual stretch marks. So do I. But that's not a bad thing. God wants to stretch us. And then the Scripture says that after she conceives, she gives birth to see that child. And the friends, the relatives, they say, you're going to name him Zacharias, right? Nope, his name will be John. But there's no one in your family named John. They turn to Zacharias, what would you name this child? And then he asks for something to write upon. Again, very simply, if you're going to get your faith back, you're going to have to be a person that asks. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock, the door will be opened unto you. Asking. This is a key component. This gives us an expectation again. God, you've got to help my unbelief. I believe, but you've got to help my unbelief. Then, the scripture says he writes. What he writes is the name John. He repeats what the angel told him to say. What God says. And this again is what you must do as a believer. You must go on record. God said, no, I'm not believing the lie. I'm believing what the Word of God says. God says I am to be fruitful. God says I am to get a breakthrough in this area of my life. I'm not going to back down. I am believing. And a miracle occurs. The Bible says his lips are loosed. He begins to speak again. And as he speaks, he praises God. There will be that moment that God answers prayer. And in that moment, you must remember to worship God. Praise Him with your lips. I assure you, He inhabits the praises of His people. You will get what you lost, you will get your voice back. I conclude. After 13 years, Marie McCready, who is now Marie Hefferman, she's 25 years old. She starts coughing. 
And what happens as she's coughing, a coin was loosed in her throat that had been there for 12, 13 years. It was a three-pence coin that wasn't even in circulation at the time that she swallowed it. She got her voice back. And I assure you this evening, we serve the God who will give you your voice back. Can you give him praise tonight? Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here tonight, you're not saved.